This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. Welcome to church. Welcome to church. So good to hear voices in the room. Uh, Church in person, we're going to give you a chance in like five seconds to give a round of applause, but we want to welcome those tuning in online or online campus. Come on, church, can we welcome them today? We're so glad. We all made it through the time change, the hour time change. We're so glad. Sherry, so good to see you. So good to see so many faces in person today. Before I get started, I want to remind you that if this is your first time at church, and I know there's a few here today, uh, if you're in person, that we have a gift for you. And we like treating guests really, really good. uh, And we want to make sure you know that we think it's a big deal that you're here. So uh, when you leave today, you can either text, uh, you'll see it on the screen, you can either text the number, uh, guest to that number, Or if you're in person, just go right to the big yellow wall. You cannot miss it. And just say, hey, I'm here for my gift. It's okay to say that. Say, I'm here. I want my gift. And we want to give you a gift. And uh, please don't leave without doing that. We'd love to just bless you. And we know you'll enjoy it. We put a lot of thought into it because you put a lot of thought into coming today. And we're really glad you're here. Also, when you walked in today in person, you were given communion. Um, And if you're new to our church, we take communion all together at the end. That is not a little snack for you in the middle of the service. That is not recess. It's not like, oh, it's a Lunchable. Where's the processed cheese and the ham? No, that's that's communion. And we're going to take it all together um, at the end. Uh, Coming up at the end of this month on the 28th, we are excited. Uh, It's been a long time since we've done this. Uh, Child dedications. And uh, yeah, and we're going to do a service of child dedications and baptisms together. No, we're not going to drown the kids. We're not going to do that. We're going to, two separate events, uh, child dedications and baptisms. And some people, man, some COVID babies is a real deal. Some of you, some of you took uh, social distancing uh, and just translated that. And some of you, uh, we know people that got pregnant, had babies. We've never seen them. Uh, and then they walk in here last week and the kids walked in. That's how old the kids are. The kids drove themselves here. They're like, what time's church, mom? That's how long it's been. Um, but we get to do dedications on the 28th and baptism. And if you've never been baptized, can I just encourage you? Uh, me and my wife got married. It'll be 22 years in May. And we had a private ceremony with 200 of our closest friends in St. John's, Newfoundland. And it was a private commitment. But when we wear our wedding rings, it's a public confession. So, hey, you may not know my wife. You may not know the story, but I'm married. And she says, I'm married. And Uh, Your faith is a personal faith in Jesus, and he's with you, and he walks with you, and he helps you. But baptism is a public confession. You know, I want to tell the world what Jesus has done to my life. So whether you've been uh, giving your life to Christ online, in person recently, or been a while, if you've never been baptized, uh, can I tell you, it's a miracle moment that happens. And we're doing that. We'll give you all the information how to sign up for that soon. But just know, mark your calendars, set the date, uh, save the date on the 28th of November. Let me encourage you with the offering today before I unpack God's word for you. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25. It says, the generous will prosper. Uh, this is a time when we need people to prosper in their marriages, in their, in their health, in their minds, and in their finances. It says, those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. You ever meet somebody that's refreshing? 
You just around them, you just feel better. You just feel like you got energy. You feel like you got hope. You just feel like, man, I just they're an optimist. And then maybe you know people, you met people that are just the opposite of refreshing. They're draining. You're like, you see them coming. Am I the only person that hides in grocery stores? I know I'm the only person. Come on, how many are enjoying the mask season for that one reason? You're not recognized. Some people you're thinking, please don't see me. I know I'm, these are confessions of a pastor right now. None of you do this. Please don't see me. Please don't see me. Oh, hey, good to see you. How many, you know what I'm talking about. Because some people you're like, I know they're not good. I know they're going to drain my batteries. But it's interesting. It says a generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And we believe as a church, one of the ways you get to be refreshing is by generosity. And when you become generous, you become uh, refreshing. When you give of your time, your, your forgiveness, your love, your grace, your finances, it says that you actually become refreshing and then you refresh others. And as a church, we believe we're called to be a refreshing people, come on, and to refresh our city, refresh our schools, our businesses, our homes, that we are, we, we are blessed to be a blessing. We are refreshed to be refreshing. And when you give, it refreshes your soul. I, I challenge you, if you feel stale today, give away some of your time. Give away some of your love. Give away some of your attention. Give away some of your heart today. Give away some of your finances. And when you're generous, you get refreshed. And when you're refreshed, you start to refresh others. Today, if you're giving, uh, there's lots of ways to give. You'll see it behind me. Uh, I would encourage you, for those that give a part of our church, uh, e-transfer is the best way to give. Do you know that if we all gave by e-transfer instead of text, we would save 11 grand in fees every year? That's a lot of fees. But we'll bless you any way you give. And if this is your first time in church, we would ask that you wouldn't give. We want something for you today, not something from you. Um, we just want you to enjoy today. But if this is your church family, we are called to be refreshing, and we want to refresh others. Amen? Let me pray. Father, thank you for those that are giving right now. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Church, we're so glad to see you today. So, Anybody glad to be in church today? Anybody glad to be online today? Uh, last Sunday, I was in Nashville, Tennessee. I did not buy cowboy boots. I do not own cowboy boots. You know, cowboy boots are amazing. You can kill a cockroach in a corner with the cowboy boots. The toes are so pointy. Um, but I was in Nashville. Um, we are overseers. We help give oversight to a church there called Seeds Church. And we get to celebrate with them uh, their new building and preach in that new building and see their people. It's been a few years since we were there. So I was there last week. But it is good to be home. It's good to be home. And uh, I was watching church online last week from Nashville with the volume down on the front row. So I was worshiping at another church, and I was watching you guys. And it was so good. I'm so thankful for the online ministry. We were talking as staff this week. I think you'll find this interesting. We are talking as staff this week about the journey of the last two years. And Matt, Pastor Matt said this, and I thought it was fascinating. He said, do you know how long the longest run we had of services in person was in the last two years since January 1st, 2020? I'm like, I don't know. I could guess. He said, we never went longer than seven weeks in person without being interrupted. Just think about that for a minute. We never went longer than seven weeks without shutting down because of restrictions or shutting down because of venue or something else. Church, I just want to celebrate today. It is a miracle that we are alive as a church. It is a miracle that we are still standing. It is a miracle that we are still here. And we want to thank God for that. 
Uh, we have so much to be thankful for. And thank a passionate church that says, no, no, I'm going to keep showing up. Open the doors. I'll be there. I'll tune in online. I'll give when I can. I'll give my time, my talents, my finances. And we're still standing. And not only are we standing, we are a blessing to our city. Uh, just this week, the go- uh, government official contacted me saying, hey, I need you to help a family in our city. And I'm like, they're still looking to us. They're asking us. We're still helping people. We're not just getting by. We're thriving. We're not just surviving. And I'm so thankful for the goodness of God. I'm thankful for his presence and his help, and I'm thankful for you, and I'm thankful for you. Amen. Come on, give yourself a round of applause today. We have so much to be thankful for. So much to be thankful for. Now, this is going to be the crowd that amens a lot, I can just tell right now, because you've had an extra hour of sleep, and you came to the second service. So if you're online at home, I can hear you from there. I can. And in person, it's okay to say amen, or oh my, or ouch, that hurt, or that's fantastic. I was just in the South, and they smell of cornbread, and they amen a lot. So I just, I have high expectations today, not of cornbread, but of coffee, but I believe there should be some amening in church, and everybody said amen. We're in a series right now. Uh, if you have your Bible, we turn to Psalm chapter 37. Um, we're in a series right now called God in Your DM. This is the final week, and I get to preach this week. This is week four. Pastor Matt Sterrett preached last week, preached so well on what God sounds like. And I don't say this often, so I need you to hear me today. I believe this is the most important series we've ever preached in our church. If you haven't listened to the other messages, you need to go back and watch them online. It's about hearing God's voice. You need to know today that God wants to speak to you. I believe it's the greatest goal of the church is to help equip people with the voice of God. Our greatest goal is not to get you to come in person or tune in. Our greatest goal is not to build a building. It's not to uh, fill our kids' ministry with kids or to uh, have our small groups have community and create a place where you can worship. Those are all great things. But our goal is for you to hear God's voice. Because if you hear God's voice, he'll help your singleness, he'll help your marriage, he'll help your business, he'll help your purity, he'll help your mental health, he'll help your relationships, he'll help the community. If you can hear God, you need to know today that God wants to speak to you. We talked about how God wants to speak to you. We talked about um, how God speaks, the many ways God speaks. And last week, we talked about what God sounds like. He's, he's personable and, and what he sounds like. And today, I want to talk on this topic, this title, Keys to Hearing God's Voice. I'm going to give you some keys today, some, some tips, some keys, some practical things on how to hear God's voice. Keys to hearing God's voice. Let's pray one more time. God, I thank you for today. Thank you for those that are tuning in right now and those in person. Father, we're believing not just for a service, not just for a live stream, not just for an hour in person with coffee and singing. We're believing for an encounter with a living God. God, we need miracles in our lives. We need to see you step in and show up. And we're asking today that you would launch us. You would inspire us. You would correct us. You would teach us, God, that you would speak to us, that we'd leave here more like you, more in love with you, and more clearly hearing your voice. We ask it in Jesus' name, and everybody said? Just in uh, New York a few days ago, and walked by this church that um, one of their claims of fame is that President John F. Kennedy had visited, and that was his home church when he was in New York. Now, John F. Kennedy is my favorite president, and he's arguably one of the most famous presidents of the United States. And There's a story I think of often when I think about hearing God's voice. Billy Graham, the great evangelist, and I've had the honor of meeting Billy Graham as a young man, and Billy Graham is known for his crusades and meetings all over the world, and arguably 
the greatest, most influential um, man of God, person of God in the last few hundred years. And in his book, Just As I Am, he tells the story about hearing God's voice. He is in the late 60s, and he had started to meet President uh, Kennedy he just met him at, and they had done a, uh, done a golf tournament together. And then they went to a prayer breakfast, and they started building this relationship. In his book, Just As I Am, he knew, it says he, I, he knew that John F. Kennedy, President Kennedy, was going to be going to Dallas. If you know your history, John F. Kennedy was assassinated in November 1964, 1963. He was assassinated in Dallas. And before that trip happened, Billy Graham said in prayer, and I quote, he said, I felt such a, uh, a burden about the president visiting Dallas. I could not shake it. He reached out by telegram to a mutual friend said, I need to talk to the president. And this friend thought it was about scheduling another golf game. So uh, he didn't get the message to Kennedy and, and to President Kennedy. And another message got relayed and didn't get back. And the president said, tell Billy I'll talk to him when I get back from Dallas. And Billy, quote, says, all I wanted to tell the president was, don't go to Texas. Can't help but think of how different history would be if that message from God through Billy had gotten to the right ears. See, here's the truth, that God is always speaking. You need to understand that. God is always speaking. The question isn't if God is speaking. The question is, are we listening? Whether this is your first time in church or this is your church, I believe you need to wrestle with that truth today that God is always speaking. Our theme verse for this series is in Psalm chapter 37, verse 23. We've, we've mentioned this verse in every sermon in this series, and this is the, 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 the jumping point that we're wrestling with God's voice. You need to know today God's voice is what you need in your marriage, in your business, in your schooling, in your parenting. You need hear God's voice. It says this. It says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. Another version says that God commands the steps of the righteous. The steps of the righteous are ordered of God. Another version says. It says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. I love that. Sometimes we think God's only interested in the big things. Things happening in the White House or 10 Downing Street or in the Canadian Prime Minister's Residence. We think God only deals with big things that have a lot of zeros attached to it or a certain diagnosis attached to it. You need to know this. The Bible says that God is interested in every detail, which means if it's on your heart, if it's on your mind, it's on his heart. You think it's just a small thing. I, I don't want to trouble God with that. No, no. If it's on your mind, it's on his heart. But it says this, as the steps of the righteous are directed by God, that God wants to direct your life. They're ordered, they're commanded. That uh, So many people are wondering what's next in this, in this mid, pre, post-pandemic life, in church life, in business life. And it's like, what's it going to look like? What's the new normal? I wish somebody could figure out so I could organize my business or my home or my parenting. Do we stay online? Do we go to school? What's church look like? And everybody's looking for direction. The Bible says that if you are godly, if you are God's, he will direct your steps. There's great hope in that. Here's the thought today. If you're not hearing God's voice, why? Now, I need to say this right at the beginning. Pastors and preachers and me and Nancy as the pastors of this church do not believe the lie that we hear God's voice all the time. 
Preachers sometimes do a great disservice when people think that they're just downloading heaven all the time, that they have this, they don't have email, they have knee mail, that in prayer, they just hear God all the time, and we never wonder what God's saying, and we don't go through. Listen, we struggle to hear God's voice like anyone else. But I've learned this reading scripture, it says the steps of a righteous man or woman will be directed by the Lord, that God is always speaking. The question is, are we listening? If you don't hear God's voice, it means I can only assume, based on this text, only two things are happening. One, you're not godly. That means that there's sin in your life. You need to know this today. Tragedy is not finding yourself in a pit of sin. That's not a tragedy. Now, before you cancel me online and in person, and you tweet that point and go, this is heresy, the, the tragedy is not being in a pit of sin. Sin is when you're far from God. It's any choice. We always go to the deadly sins, the big sins. But all sin is, is anything that separates you from God. Sometimes uh, good things, but put into the wrong priority, can be sin. Chasing that promotion, chasing that relationship. The tragedy is not finding yourself in a pit of sin. The tragedy is not reaching up and grabbing the extended hand of God to lift you out of a pit. You need to know today that you can be far from God, and there's no shame in that. There's, there's hope in that, that because you're in a pit of, of sin, that you feel separated from God, know this, that God has made a way where there seemed to be no way. And through the blood and life of Jesus Christ, he said, I will pay the price. I will cross the chasm. I will build a bridge. I will stretch my arms on the cross and be a bridge separating where you are to where God is. And he reaches down into your life, into your Mondays and your Fridays, into your pain and your shame, and says, I see you. I love you. Let me lift you up. We call all that giving your life to Jesus Christ. If you feel like you're in a you're, you're, you're sin today, you feel like you're far from God, you're not hearing God's voice, you can simply say, Jesus, forgive me. I need you. I, I accept you. Lift me out of where I am. And the Bible says he's as close as the mention of his name. Jesus, help me. And he will. Most in this room, and sometimes myself, if you're not hearing God's voice, I b- believe it would be the second reason is that we're waiting for someone else to hear from God for us. I called it this. I called it idol worship. You'll see this. I believe it's called idol worship. Now, we grew up, I grew up in church, and we always talk about the Ten Commandments. If you remember Charlton Heston, and this, uh, there was this, Charlton Heston was this old guy. that We used to have these things called um, movies and black and white movies for the kids in the room, but, or maybe Veggie Tales or whoever else, but... But idol worship, and they, you know, we, we engrave things. But sometimes we can make an idol out of things that we want to hear God through an idol. Sometimes we make church an idol. Sunday morning an idol. We make services in person or online an idol. Like it's all about the service. It's all about the service. It's all about the stage. It's all about getting in person. all about tuning in online. Or we make an idol out of preachers and pastors or influencers. We don't, we don't hear God for ourselves. We're waiting for that person to podcast, that person to write a book, that person to tweet something, post something, share something. And then we don't hear from God ourselves. We just wait and then we repost. Man, that's my favorite preacher. That's my favorite prophet. That's my favorite book. That's my favorite worship team. That's my favorite album. And, you just, and all we do is we say, you hear from God and I'll share it. And it's idol worship. Now, I think mostly in Eastern Canada, we don't really do that. We don't really put people on a pedestal like that. I think it's really healthy that we don't. It's unhealthy to elevate leaders to a place that only they can hear God. But I think in my life, and maybe yours, it's more idol worship. It's when you elevate laziness or lack of hunger and say, ah, they can get God for me and let me know what he says. It's like sitting in the kitchen going, are you in the kitchen? Yeah, I don't want to get up right now. I don't prepare anything myself. But can you just throw something in the mic? Just go to the fridge. If you're going by, 
If you're coming by, bring me a snack. And sometimes in my life, instead of going after God for myself, I'm waiting for my wife to find God for me. I'm waiting for my favorite preacher to find God for me. I'm waiting for the latest book going, oh, that's what God's saying? All right, I'll use that. And sometimes if we're not careful, we'll elevate to a place that we'll wait to hear from God through someone else. Today, I want to remind you that you can hear God for yourself. And the greatest, the greatest uh, joy we have as parents is saying to Josh and Maddie, our kids going, you need to hear from God yourself because mom and dad won't be here. As a church, our goal is not for you to lift us up or elevate us. Our goal is not for us to go to the kitchen and prepare everything for you. It's to teach you to, you can hear from God for yourself. That God wants to speak into your Mondays and your Fridays, into your home, into the bedroom and the boardroom and the classroom. That God is speaking and we can hear from him. God is so good and he wants to speak to you. Both of these will rob you from a life directed by God. And a life directed by God is breathtaking. It's not easy, but it's breathtaking. God orders your step. He directs your step. And my friends, if you haven't had God order your life, direct your steps. It is, it is a beautiful place to be of purpose and of connection and feeling heaven itself direct you through the storms, through the mountains and the valleys of life. God wants to speak to you. Today, I want to give you some keys, some tips, some, some practical things. We talked about the motive that God wants to speak to you. We talked about what God sounds like. We talked about how God speaks, the way he speaks, through his word, through people, through dreams. We talked about all these things in this series. Today, I want to give you some practical things so when you leave here, because you can hear God for your life, for your family, for your parents, for your kids, for your influence, that you can hear God for yourself. Number one, keys to hearing God. Number one, position yourself close to God. Position yourself close to God. In 1 Samuel, there's a story of a young man. He was dropped off at church, literally at church. His mother said, I'm giving him to the church. Listen, we, that's kind of offering we at Nova we don't want. If you put your kids in kids' ministry, take them home with you. We don't want them to stay here. But she brought them, she checked them in for kids' ministry and never picked them up again. And she just left. And she dedicated her son Samuel to grow up and learn how to be a priest, a pastor in church. And Eli mentored him. And in the book, in the Bible, in 1 Samuel chapter 3, it says, Eli, in verse 3, let me read it for you. It says in verse 3, it says, The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle, please don't miss this, near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out Samuel. Let me read that again, verse 3. Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. And suddenly, the Lord called out Samuel. You need to know this today. Samuel knew if I can get close enough to God, eventually I'll hear the voice of God. Even as a boy, he said, I need to be close to the tabernacle. I need to be close to where God speaks. I need to be close to where, the, where God is known to be because if I'm close to God, I know I will hear God. I love this quote one of my mentors taught me years ago. It says, short prayers work when you don't live too far from the throne. Sometimes we have these long prayers. We feel like we got to go to God with, uh, thee, thou is my people, my people, my God, my God, I, I humbly bow. And we think of these, these rhythms of prayer and these, these, it's complicated. Listen, the best prayer you can pray is, save me, Jesus, or help me, Lord. If you're close to the throne, you don't need long prayers. Position yourself close to God. Listen, repentance isn't punishment. It's reconnecting. Repentance, if you define it, repentance isn't begging. Repentance isn't paying a price. Repentance, if you define it, is turning 180. That's repentance. 
When we live in a lifestyle of repentance, when we feel we're far from God and things come into my life and your life that separate us from God, and we realize, man, I'm far from God. I just, I was, I've drifted, and I'm more focused on this sport or this finance or this relationship or I'm too much in my head on this or I'm not. Somewhere you've distracted and disconnected. And when you turn and repent, a miracle happens. And repentance is not a punishment, it's reconnecting. You know what we call that in marriage? We call that date night. We had date night on Wednesday. It's like, I've been traveling. Nancy's been busy. We've been busy. And I felt like, you know, we're just not as close. We just need to, we need to reconnect. And repentance is changing direction. It's me going, hey, Nancy, we should go. Let's go tonight and do some errands. Let's go grab uh, a meal. And let's go enjoy uh, our night together. Let's grab coffee and connect. Can I encourage you that repentance is a lifestyle, not an event? Repentance is not at an altar in a church service confessing every sin you've ever done. Repentance is just coming back to Jesus going, I want to be close to you. Because if you're close to him, you'll hear what he's saying. Church, are you far from God today? Has something coming into your heart where you felt distance? Just say, God, I need you. Repent. Change your direction. You want to hear God today? Position yourself close to God. Number two, serve. How do you, tips for hearing God, serve regularly. It says in 1 Samuel Again, the boy says in verse 1, it says, Samuel served the Lord. Isn't it interesting that before he heard the voice of God, he served God. If you want to hear the voice of God, you have to be doing the things of God. There's this illustration all the time of it's easier to move, to steer a moving car. Have you ever heard that? Sometimes the car breaks down and people are like, turn your tires, we're going to start pushing. And you're like, which way are my tires turned? I can't tell. But when a car is moving and you steer it, you can see which way it goes. It's easier to steer a moving car. I've learned this, that God will speak to me when I'm moving with serving. When I serve God, it's amazing how much God will speak to me when I'm doing the things of God. If you're being the hands of God, you'll hear the voice of God. In my life, practically, when I, when I have served, when I didn't feel God, served when I didn't hear God, when I did the right things, I heard him say things to me. When I was being the hand of God, I heard the voice of God. That's why even as a dream team, we're so passionate about serving. Why? Because we know that God wants to speak to us. And God speaks to me more often when I'm serving him, when I'm doing the work of God, serving people. It's a practical truth. Serving opens you up to hearing God's voice. Next one, trust and obey. Anybody remember that song? Any old school Christians in the room? Trust and obey. There's no other way. Trust and obey. When God speaks, please don't miss this, obey him. Obey him. There's a book in the Bible, Jonah. If you know your story, if you know Sunday school, or maybe you, you, you know the story of Jonah, a man, God spoke to him, and he didn't want to do what God said, so he, he, he jumped on another ship and started going in and God made a, a giant fish swallow him. Maybe you know the story of Jonah and the great fish, or people call Jonah and the whale. Let me read Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. It says, The Lord gave a message. God spoke to Jonah, son of Amittai, and said, Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. The quickest way to turn off God's voice in your life is to disobey him. I have, I have seen this in my life. The quickest way to turn off God speaking, and make no mistake, we need to hear God speak to us. Our lives depend on it. Our city depends on it. Our country depends on it. The quickest way to turn off the voice of God is disobey what he told you. I've also learned this. Whenever God speaks, 
there will always be a boat or a ship going in the opposite direction. God spoke to Jonah. I want you to go to this city and preach repentance. He said, you know what? I see that. I hear that. I choose to go the opposite direction. And you know the story. When God speaks to you, there will always be an option to go in the opposite direction. God will speak to you. You need to humble yourself in your marriage. You need to say you're sorry. You know what? I'm not going to do it. There will be someone that's enticing. The grass will look greener. Hey, I need to forgive this friendship. I need to, I, I need to ask for forgiveness in the friendship or I need to do this or God's asked me to build this or donate that or attend this or serve here. There will always be something else to fill up your time. Hey, we need to raise our kids in the house of God. We need to go to church and bring our kids and God's telling us, make church a priority for your kids. There will always be another sporting event, another concert, another sale, another opportunity. Hello, hello. That, was, that was good right there. There will always be an option going in the other direction. Listen, God won't share what's next if you haven't obeyed what he said last. God's a lot like my wife. If she goes silent, I'm like, I don't think I listened to what she said last. When we're driving, she's looking at the window. It usually means I did something. I don't know if your wives do this. They just look at the window. They don't say much. They look at the window. I thought, okay, I'm going through my mind. What did she say? What did I commit to do? What did I, what did I forget? What did I dis... Oh. Oh, right. And I've realized this, that God won't say what's next if you didn't obey what he said last. Some of you, God told you to forgive that person. God told you to go do something. If you don't feel like God's speaking, you need to obey what he said. How else do you hear God's voice? Chew the word of God. I like the word chew the word of God here. Not read the word of God. Chew the word of God. Because I, I can read my Bible and go through it like it's a checklist. Done. Chapter a day keeps the devil away. Check. You know, three in the old, two in the new. Check. Good. But chew the word of God. You heard it even said in this series that God sounds a lot like his word. And when you chew on the word of God going, God, what, do you, what does that mean? What are you trying to teach me or convict me of? What are you trying to train me in, encourage me in, or change me in? And when you chew on God's word, God will speak through his word. I'll be reading this book, which I've read so many times, the same passage, all of a sudden going, ooh, that hits different right now based on that attitude that I have or that disappointment or that hurt or that dream or that vision or that goal. Man, ooh, oh God, you're speaking right to my motive there. Oh God, you're, you're asking me to have more faith in that situation. You're asking me to trust you more. Listen, chew on the word of God. Like every service, all you guys say is pray and read the word. There's a reason for it. It works, changes your life. You want to hear from God? Chew on the word of God. The Bible says the word is a lamp unto my feet and a guide, a guide unto my feet and a lamp, a light unto my path. The word of God will direct us. How else do I hear the voice of God? What's another key for hearing God's voice? Get rid of distractions. This is a hard one. This is my number one challenge. Anybody else in the room, your focus has a hard time focusing? We tell our kids since they were born, focus your focus. We're crossing a street. Focus your focus, right? They're doing something. Focus your focus. My focus has never been more unfocused. How do you know your focus is unfocused? You can't even watch church online without checking your phone. You can't watch a movie that you've been waiting months for, and you're just checking the weather. You're checking text messages. You're in a conversation, but you're aware of the buzzing in your pocket, or you're looking past it to talk to someone else. Distractions. You gotta let the parade go by if you're gonna talk to God. Let the parade go by. And we all have that parade of things you have to do and things you've gotta say and things that you haven't got done. And all those. You wanna remember everything you've ever forgotten? Try to pray. You ever sit down to pray and you remember things that you've forgotten? 
I'll sit down to pray. I'll take my phone and I'll, I'll, I need to get rid of my phone. Airplane mode. I find the furthest drawer in the back of the drawer underneath the Tupperware. Come on, somebody. Put it in the back. Put stuff on top of it. All right, God, I'm going to pray. And all of a sudden I'll start to pray. I'll remember things that I had wasn't even on my mind. Like, are my gutters clean? <laughs> am, am I the only one? Like, God, I need you to speak to me about our church and about my kids. And boy, my gutters are, they're full of leaves. You start thinking if they freeze, what happens is the water goes up into the roof and then you could, the ice goes up into your roof and then you have a huge water problem. We don't want that. That's going to be $10,000. I got to go get my phone. I go over to the drawer, get my phone, pull out the Tupperware, move everything, move the junk drawer, move all the stuff we don't use, pull out my phone, going, make a note, talk to my father who cleans his gutter. I put that back. Put, okay, God, I'm going to hear from you. I'm sitting down there going, you haven't checked the oil in your car. Oh, I haven't checked the oil in my car. Am I the only one that this happens to? You try to hear from God and everything starts coming into your mind. You've got to plan a date night because you, you were away. You've got to take your daughter out and have some time with her. You've got to uh, check in on your son and make sure you connect with him. And you got to change the oil and fix the gas and leak, make sure there's no gas leaking. You got to change the batteries and the smoke detector. And you've got to put, irrigate the lawn and put fertilizer on the lawn. And you start thinking about everything that you have to do. Sometimes you just got to fight through the parade. You know what I do? I take a notebook. And I write down the distractions that come to my mind. Call so-and-so, clean the gutters, plan a date night, check the oil, deworm the dog. Come on, somebody. Like, I write down everything. Let the parade go by. The clowns, the lions, the defeats, the pain, the distractions. And once it goes by, there's this quietness. And you say, okay, God, speak to me. But some of us, we think God speaks more microwave, but he speaks more oven. All right, God, I got three minutes. Go. What do you want to say? Ding. Got my word. Let's go. Heating up your cup of soup and you're heading out the door and God's going, no, no, no. I want to bake something for you. I want to prepare something in your life. I want to grow it and bake. God's more oven than microwave and he takes his time. He wants to start with how's your heart. Then he starts speaking about your relationships. He speaks about the vision he has over you. Can I encourage you? We got to get rid of some distractions and carve out some time. And this is old school, but it's best school that God does not do drive-through words. I wrestle in this season going, guys, I need to get rid of distractions. And what are you saying? Let the parade go by. I'm almost done. It says this, keys to hearing God, make prayer a give and take. Prayer is a two-way street conversation. Any good relationship, any good relationship has both talking and listening. Isn't that true? I had a meeting recently with someone and I left that meeting and I had this thought. Nancy goes, how was that meeting? I was like, that person is so self-obsessed. It was none of you, by the way. No one, it, it was never you. If it was you, you would have thought that was about me because you're self-obsessed, but it's not you. I said, in that meeting, all they talked about was themselves. They never asked me one question. If they did ask a question, they answered themselves. How are you? Oh, I know how you are. You're good. All right. And they just kept going about everything about them. And for an hour, I sat there listening and didn't say a word. And at the end, they're like, thank you for the talk. And I was like, you're welcome. How many times do we do this in prayer? All right, God, I got you here. This is my list of what I need solved. This is what I need healed. Here's who's bothering me. And we just unload. And I'm realizing that to hear from God, sometimes you've got to say, I'm going to stop talking and listening. My mother always said, Mike, you have two ears and one mouth. Listen twice as much as you talk. And with God, we need to have a relationship where it's like, okay, I'm speaking, but now I'm listening. Take time to hear from God. Ask God questions. God, how's my life? How's my heart? How are my kids? And he'll speak to you. Give and take.
Expect God to speak. Keys to hearing God. Expect him to speak. Expectation is the breeding ground of miracles. Haven't seen any miracles? Probably weren't looking for them. I have an expectation rising in my heart for our church that I haven't felt in four years. And it's the breeding ground for miracles. When you pray, do you expect God to speak to you? Or it's just like, he's not going to say anything. I'll just read my Bible. I'll listen to my favorite Hillsong album. Let's go. What if we went in going, God, I'm not leaving until you say something. I need you to say something, depending on it. But we don't wait on God. We wait on Google. In my life, one thing to Google something, it's another thing to wait for God on something. Last one. Keys for hearing God's voice. Learn from others. It's interesting in the story of Samuel that he didn't recognize God's voice. He went back to to Eli, the pastor, three times and goes, did you call me? And he was like, I didn't call you. It's daylight savings. I need to sleep. Go back to bed. Come back. Did you call me? And finally, Eli's like, wait a minute. This is God speaking. When you go back, lay down. When the voice calls again saying, listen, God, I'm listening. What are you saying? He had to learn from his elders. I've learned this in my life. I want to hear God. One of the keys hearing from God is if I observe other people hearing from God. I listen to how God speaks to them. I ask them how they focus, how they talk to God, how God speaks to them. Mentors, friends, parents, pastors. I'm always aware of how are you hearing from God, and I learn from them. You know how I learned about the parade going by? From my youth pastor. He said, Mike, there's a parade. I'm like, there is a parade. Every time in my head of everything I've got to do my whole life. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I do? I actually go into my closet. I'm like, your closet? He goes, a closet. And I shut the door and turn off the lights and I just wait till the parade goes by. When I had young kids, I realized why he did that. To hide from your kids. Because <laughs> your kids will want you once you try to get alone. Moms, you know that's true. I learn from others. Listen, God is always speaking, church. He wants to give you wisdom to lead your family. He wants to give you wisdom at your job. He wants to help us in our church. He wants to, every area of our life, the question we have to ask ourselves is not if God is speaking, but are we listening? Today we're going to take communion. If you've got communion, you can bring it out. This is how we're going to close today. If you're online, I encourage you to go grab some crackers or some bread and some juice. You get the first layer here. You rip it off if you're in person and you'll see the wafer. Let me read. Jesus here is, is institution, instituting communion for the first time. It's, it's, a, it's a long tradition, but he's making it new for them and for us. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. On the night when he was betrayed, just before he was given by Judas and betrayed, it says that he took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it and he broke it into pieces and said, this is my body, which was given for you. Do this to remember me. What he was saying was, when you gather together and you eat, I want you to think about me. I never saw it in this context before, but from hearing God, so many times we want to put God and spirituality into a box of Sunday morning on YouTube. We want to put God into a service in person. We want to put God, there's Easter God who's on a cross. There's, there's, there's Christmas God who's in a manger. And we, we put him in these boxes. And Jesus is going, no, no, no. I'm always speaking. I'm always around. I'm always invested. And I'm always interested. So as often as you gather and break bread, I want you to remember me. Because I might want to say something. I might want to lead you or direct you. And the revolution that happened in this verse is from then on, they heard God for themselves. 
Don't go to this city. Go over here. Share this. Don't share that. And a revolution happened at the birth of the church. As we get ready to take communion today, the question is, you need to know is, remember God, not just in these seats, in this room, or on this channel online, but for God to invade every moment of your life and say, I'll remember you, God, when I'm driving to work. I'll remember you walking into class. I'll remember you at the kitchen table. I'll remember you on Sunday mornings, but I'll remember you on Friday nights as well. Let's do this in remembrance of him. Let's take it together. Then he says this, he says, in the same way he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this and remember me as often as you drink it. A new covenant. See, the old covenant was this. When you messed up, and we all mess up, you had to go to find a church or a temple. You go and you have to bring like sheep and pigeons and then the priest would kill them all as to pay the price for your sin because mercy, it only makes sense with justice. And justice was need to be paid. Someone had to pay for your sins and the mercy, well, the sheep will pay for it or the goats will pay for it or the, or the doves will pay for it. And you, if I messed up, and then a priest would go behind a curtain for God. He'd go behind the curtain and he'd go behind and you stay out here because you're not pure and the man of God would go behind the curtain to meet with God. He'd say, Mike Miller's been really bad this week. He almost kicked the dog, and he said things he shouldn't have said. And, and he's got these thoughts and these attitudes, and uh, he's been horrible. But he brought a lot of sheep, so I think we're going to be good. And a few pigeons and a few doves, I think he's good. And, and God would say, I forgive him. And Jesus is going, we don't have to wait for a preacher or a pastor or a church service. There's a new covenant that Jesus said, I'm going to pay the price. I'm going to reach into the pit and forgive them of their sins. You don't need to wait for Sunday or a podcast or a live stream. In the middle of your shame and your pain, in the middle of your week and your moment, you can reach out and go, Jesus, help me. And there's already provision made. You don't need to kill animals or pay money or, 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 or your knees trying to get yourself to a place to earn. You don't need to sing loud enough or be good enough. Jesus said, I paid the price. No more, no more shedding of blood. I, this justice needs my mercy. I, I give myself. And when we take communion, what we're saying is we remember that God made a new covenant. It's a new way. That God is as close as the mention of his name. And you better believe if he's that close, he wants to speak to us. What a shame to keep God in a box that we call church. We're God in a box that we call online. He's not in a box. He's bigger than a box. He lived on a cross so he won't fit into your box anymore. He wants to speak. When we take communion, I'm reminding today that's a new covenant is that I can speak to God for myself. You don't need Pastor Nancy or Pastor Mike. We're in this to build community to reach our city, but you do not need to wait for one of us. That is the beauty of this. It's not idol worship, it's Christ worship. And he's as close as the mention of his name. And when we partake today, we're saying, God, we know you're close. I want to hear from you. Let's take it together. Amen. Let's stand to our feet today. Stand to our feet, church. We're going to sing the chorus of the song in a moment with a beautiful name as we get ready to close. But I want to take a moment today and I want to pray for you. Church, if we would just get a hold of the fact that God is speaking and we can hear him, it would change some things. A whole bunch of our marriages would be a lot better. I believe in counseling. 
I believe in counseling. We have great counseling services. If you need marriage counseling, talk to us. We have people that love God and love you and can help you and be private and all that. We believe in all that. But I do know this, if God speaks, my marriage is better. My parenting is better when I hear God speak to me about my kids. My purity is better. My vision is better. My future is better. My past is forgiven. When God speaks, if you say, Mike, I don't know Jesus. I feel like I'm in a pit today. I'm far from God. I don't know church. I don't know God. I don't know this Jesus, but I want to. I want to be new today. I want to be, I want, I want to, I want to be living pure today. I want to be forgiven today. And there's nothing that beats the feeling of being clean before God. You say, Mike, I want you to pray for me. I want to pray for you right now. If you want to bow your head just for a moment, close your eyes. If you say, Mike, I want you to pray for me that Jesus would come into my life and forgive me. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. It's not everybody, but it's somebody. One, this is your day. Two, three, if that's you, I want me to pray for you. Put your hand right back down. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Put it right back down. We're going to pray together. Can we pray together? This is a miracle happening right now. Father, I thank you for these people that raised their hands. God, I'm so thankful that they know that they're not where they need to be. But God, I'm so thankful that you're meeting us right where they are. God, I pray right now you would reach down into their lives. I pray you'd forgive them for their past. You would make sense of their present and you would launch them into the future you have. Forgive them for their sin. Fill them with your presence. Jesus, we choose you. Would you lead us? Would you speak to us? We want to connect with you. In Jesus' name, amen. The rest of us today, we're going to sing this song. Here's the question I want you to ask yourself. God, what are you saying to me? Come on, worship team, let's sing this. God, what are you saying to me?